right, the Toronto Blue Jays, 4-1 winners over the Oakland Athletics at the Rogers Centre. As the crowd is filing out, Kevin Barker along with Jeff Blair. Uh, the numbers to call as always, 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. If you're driving home from the game, give us a call. You're going to be stuck in traffic for another 45 minutes anyhow, at least, if you're trying to get onto the Gardner. Trust me, I've, I've been there <laughs> often, done that. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Kevin Barker, Vladdy Jr. with another 428-foot home run in the first inning. But I got to tell you, the two players that stood out for me tonight were Lourdes Gurriel Jr. coming through after an intentional walk to Vladdy and Zach Collins, who got the start worked well with Ross Stripling and the what four relievers that he saw had a couple of hits nice night drove in a run uh look he is Zach Collins is the number two catcher right now behind uh Alejandro Kirk with Danny Jansen uh, with Danny Jansen out and you know we've talked about how long these seasons are and you are going to need contributions from guys like Zach Collins at some point so guys are always going to get hurt that was a pretty it was a pretty nice game for those two guys yeah it wasn't too bad uh, Zach Collins you know the 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 six guys that he that he got through the game tonight he faced uh, he had five relievers and, and obviously uh, Ross Stripling uh, look offensively what's he going to give you uh, not real sure, you know. For me, anyway, the bat looks a little too a little slow right now. It, you know, it looks like he's still trying to get his feet wet when it, when it comes to who he is, who he is as an offensive player. So you're thinking more of a of a defensive catcher, and that's okay for me. You know, he looked like he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, he's quiet back there. He's got a good base. Uh, you saw a couple of times on fastballs in with Ross. That, that he made some adjustments, right? He, he sort of handcuffed himself, and you could tell he was, his body was in the wrong position. So that would tell you that in a game he could make adjustments defensively to get him in the right spot to, to get it, help get his, his pitcher through the, the situations that he needs to. Uh, the one little play that stood out to me that I don't, I don't know if you noticed is the Andrews swing and the ball went to the backstop. And right, I don't know, Jeff. I, strikeout swinging 2-3, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you if you noticed it, but a lot, a lot of players that run after a baseball that stopped to pick it up, they want to tap their glove a couple of times and then throw the ball. He didn't do that. I, I, that sounds simple, and that sounds baseball 101. But if he'd have tapped his glove once and then thrown it, Andrews would probably been safe, and that could have been a different kind of inning. So, you know, it's just it's. It, I think it's if you're getting what you got tonight from him, I'm okay with that, right? Can we expect two hits and, and have some competitive at-bats like we saw tonight? I don't know if that's consistently what you're going to see. But I like the defense. Right? He, he knew what he was doing. He put the right fingers down. Uh, he, he helped get six different pitchers through a game, and they won. That's, I think when you were asking for, for a backup catcher, that's all you can ask for. Now, Lourdes, for me, is a different story. He, he's hitting cleanup. I said this on our show today. For me, anyway, it's a lot to ask him to protect Flatty. I just want him to go up and get a good pitch to hit. I don't want him thinking about, you know, uh-oh, they intentionally walked Vladdy to get to me. Now that puts a ton of pressure on me to go up and get all kinds of hits and hit a, a five-run homer. For me, he's not that kind of player. If he just learns how to stay within himself and get off his backside, you know, it, it, 
for me anyway, the last couple of games we've seen him, he does have the bent back knee, which in turn he sort of rotates on it, and that has the windmill with his barrel. Tonight it looked like he was a little bit better getting off his backside. You know, he wasn't falling across the plate when he was swinging, which would keep the barrel and the hitting zone a little bit longer and, and allow him to use the hand-eye coordination and the bat speed he has. That's a big hit. It's confidence. You know, baseball is 90% confidence. And when you can go up there and get a hit after, you know, they intentionally walk King Kong that's sitting in front of you, it's only going to say the next time that that happens, okay, I've been there and done it before. I know how it feels. I know what I, I need to do. And I can go up there and try and apply it and, and try and help this team win. So, you know, they took strides forwards, I think, with everything that needed to, with the lineup, with the, you know, Ross Stripling, the six-man rotation, the backup catcher. Uh, you know, Cabin Biggio looked decent at first base. Santiago Espinal's playing great defense wherever you put him. Everything's sort of falling in place, I believe, and, and guys are starting to get in some routines, and hopefully this is, you know, uh, good things to come. I, I do think they need to get better with runners in scoring position. They're leaving villages on bases now. For whatever reason that is, they, that needs to get a little bit better, but they're winning games. When you're winning games, you're not work, you're not doing all the things that you think you're supposed to be doing. I guess that's a good sign. Yeah, and I think, you know, the leaving runners in scoring position, that was clearly an issue in the Yankees series uh, as well. And I, I think a lot of that can be chalked up to the fact that, fact that you didn't have your, your cleanup hitter there. Um, you know, that puts added pressure in everybody everybody in the lineup. But, uh, yeah, to your to your point about, about Gurriel, if – if we operate under the assumption that he is likely going to be in this position for however long it takes Teoscar Hernandez to recover, you're absolutely right. It's like you want Lourdes Gurriel to still be the guy we saw in September. He doesn't have to be anything more than that just because he's hitting cleanup, right? He no. does not have to be anything more than that. And, look, and I said, I, I think this is going to be a big year for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I think he's the, the, the one guy on this team that could take a really big step forward, especially offensively. And, again, he does this. He comes through with, 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 with one. I mean, if he can come through with one clutch hit a night, given what's around him, that, that, that's going to be fine. Yeah, I think I think the for me anyway the at bats got better every time he walked to the plate, and and that's for Lourdes, who is a slow starter, has the longer arms, has the out and around occasionally for him to come up and get a big hit, especially the situation. You know, if we're talking about it, and and we know what's going on, and we know who's not there, you know, the player knows that, and you know sure. that in in certain situations he's he knows that they're gonna they'd rather pitch to him. Then they would rather pitch to Vladdy, and he's going to get some opportunities to drive in some big runs. And it's confidence. I, I know when I was there, you know, the more confidence you have, the better you're going to be in all parts of your game. And it adds mechanics to that. And he's a big mechanics guy. When he has confidence in those things that if I do it the right way, the ball's going to come off the barrel the way it's supposed to, and I'm going to get some big hits for this team. It's it's good to see what he's doing. And off the field is starting to translate to on the field. Also, obviously, got to give a big shout-out to Ross Stripling tonight. We know the Jays are going with the six-man rotation to push everybody back a day, give them give them a little extra a little extra rest. And, again, the, I mean, it's hard to argue with what, what Ross Stripling gave you. Long first inning for, for a three-up, three-down first inning. Uh, 22 pitches is quite something. But, look, he kept it together. Uh, 
Didn't give up uh, a tremendous amount of hard contra contact. Got some really nice defensive plays behind him, again by 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 uh, by Santiago Espinal at second base. And if if they're going to the six-man rotation, you'll take that out of Russ. You'll take that out out of out of Ross Stripling every day. Yeah, I think so. Well, you know, it's always a process with Ross. You know, he fixed the tipping. Uh, he's found the wind-up that he likes. You've noticed that wind-up that he's got now. It looks comfortable. It's, it's, he starts, you know, the glove on one side, the ball on the other. He, he brings it together, and then he goes. That's you know, allows him to consistently do that over and over and over again, which gives him confidence. He's a big confidence guy. I, I mentioned that, and I think the conversations that me and you've had, the conversations that I've had with people that know Ross, well, whenever, you know, he's struggling with confidence, and that's the tipping and the – mechanics and the wind-up, you know, he has trouble executing pitches. And I think for me anyway, what I noticed tonight, you, you could see he was confident and he was throwing things with conviction. Like, you got four pitches, and when he's throwing his four pitches about the same, you know, 25% and all about all the four pitches that he's got is about what he's throwing tonight. The, sink, the changeup was good. The fastball command was decent. And for him, for me, I'm with you. You know, it's he's a spot start guy, and for him to come out and have enough confidence to, to you know, even if it is the ace, to pound the zone and and do it with a, a couple of different off speed pitches. I think if you're if you're Pete Walker, you're going to take that about every time he goes out there. Kevin, he's trying to use his two seam fastball inside uh, more. That's something he worked on in spring training. How do you see that that coming so far? Yeah, I, I, I saw it a couple of times. I don't think he's going to overuse it. Uh, you know, he, right. he it's one of those pitches where, uh, you know, it's, it's the confidence, gets back to the confidence thing. If he's got enough confidence against the guy that's – maybe that's a, a pitch he's going to use second time through more. You know, I don't think he's going to get the third time through. So, he'll give him a different look that way. I think that's a good pitch for him. Take the sting out of the bat. It gives him something else to think about, right? You got a righty. He wants to go two-seamer into a righty, slider away to a righty, and then sprinkle in the change-ups and the elevated four-seamers if he can do that. You know, it's it's he's trying to make himself a little bit better to give himself a chance to go a little bit deeper in games. If we know anything about Ross, you can say what you want about the stuff and, and who he is as a pitcher. He's not a great pitcher, but he will do anything possible to help the Blue Jays win a game. you got to commend him for that. The Jays had a season-high 11 hits tonight. They struck out a season-low five times against the Oakland Athletics, a team that came in here on a bit of a roll. We mentioned Ross Stripling, two hits over four shutout innings in his first start of the year. And uh, Vladdy Jr., Kevin, we'll go to the phone lines in a minute, but we got to talk about that fifth home run of the season. Uh, Dallas Braden of the Oakland Athletics, uh, Oakland Athletics broadcast crew was saying, you know, noting that Guerrero hit that home run after he fouled it off, fouling a ball off his uh, uh, off his off his foot, said, looking back to the home run after he hit the or after he had his his finger cut, he don't don't hurt this guy. He said he's a bad man. Bad <laughs> men play hurt. Yeah. Well, again, it, it, Dallas is is all over that. It's the that's the same exact pitch that George Springer. Uh, swung at and missed in the first inning that Vladdy, because he's such a great hitter and he can let the ball travel like nobody's business, fouls that ball off and then gets a cutter right down the middle. And when he gets a cutter down the middle, no matter what the count is, he's going to hit that ball hard somewhere. It's just, it's just so impressive that how easy it is 
when the ball comes off the bat. Like it's it's almost like he's not even trying. And you know he had he had the he got a little ticked off about the 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 second strike to the umpire, which you know he doesn't get too excited too often. And for him to be that way, you could tell. He was trying to find a little something, and, it, and it's again, you got to tip your hat to a guy that punched out as many times as he did yesterday, and walked away from that and forgot about it, and come back today and had the at bats that he had. That, that again, I've said it, and I'll keep saying it. He's the best right-handed hitter in baseball, and he continues to show you the process that he has to go through because of the way these guys are game planning. It's when you come to town, how do you get Vladimir Guerrero Jr. out? Is it in off the plate? Is it away off the plate? And for him to come up and make an adjustments the way he does. He's awesome. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-0590. Jim in Han- Hamilton, you want to talk about Zach Collins. You also want to talk about uh, Alejandro Kirk. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, great uh, congratulations from Dan O'Dowd the other day on the interview that you had with him. I Thank think you. he hit it on the mark on the fact that you guys actually talk about baseball stuff unlike uh new york market that talks about gossip and good on you too uh what can collins do i mean he did more than everything you asked he seemed very decent behind the plate i actually want to talk about what the other guys off the bench i mean espinal's obviously one second base and how do you get biggio in there and what clifton spoke about this morning i saw it through a different lens i thought saw it through the Tampa lens where they changed baseball by starting the shift. Then last year they did it with putting their end of the bullpen in the first inning, changed the concept of what a position or the way baseball is played. I agree with Clifton. Biggio is DH. A DH doesn't need to be the old school Slugger, because you have sluggers, one, two, three, and four. Jim, can I ask you this? Can I ask you this? What have you seen offensively from Kevin Biggio this year and going back to last year that would want you you to give him a regular spot in the lineup? Because, see, I'm seeing something different. Uh, I'm seeing a guy who's overmatched. What I'm seeing is his original ability to have a good eye, Last year, he was placed in an unfortunate situation being at third base. And Clifton's point of getting him in there every single day and taking bats, he just needs, he's not going to be the second baseman of the Blue Jays. He may be a great baseman for another team. And this may be the same thing that you guys spoke about this morning about Kirk getting eyes on for trade value. You can do that with Biggio with his bat as DH. Because he well, can play second base, but not necessarily in Toronto because the spots are full. The talent's there. He just has not had the time to do it yeah, yet. I, I'm just going to let Kevin, Kevin answer that question, too. But I want to jump in here. Yeah, I, I, I agree that Kevin Biggio was placed in an untenable situation last year. But it's not like that was his first year in the majors. This isn't a, this isn't a 21-year-old kid. This is a guy who's been around for a while now. This is a guy who, you know, everybody knows what Kevin Biggio needs to do to be a contributor at the plate. And he hasn't been able to do it so far. And for me, I, for me, he is, he's a, he's, he's a guy off the bench. For me, he is the 20, he's very close to being a 24th or 25th man. He is not going to be a starting second baseman for any team in the majors hitting the way he's hitting right now. And as for Alejandro Kirk, um, yeah, like, like I said, let's see. 
He, we're going to see six weeks, four, four weeks to six weeks, Kevin Barker of Alejandro Kirk behind the plate. Let's see what he is. Yeah. Let's see what he is. And then at some point, you've got Gabriel Moreno ready to come up. You've got Danny Jansen here. You will have options. But let's see what Alejandro Kirk can do behind the plate. Because everything we've seen, Kevin, and everything we're told is that people like what he's doing behind the plate. Yeah, yeah, everybody I've talked to, uh, the pitchers I've talked to, the pitching coach I've talked to, they rave about how how good he's gotten behind the plate. And last night, you got to give him credit. You know, he, he is very good at, at, at receiving the low pitch, which is, you know, a big deal when you were catching a guy that has a split finger. He, you know, he, he'll be – tested when it's a guy that that throws multiple pitches that's trying to use a pitch to set up pitches down the road in mm-hmm. the bat that that's when you're going to find out if Alejandro Kirk's you know able to to play every day at least four or five times a week the Kevin Biggio thing look I we've had a lot of conversations the last couple of days about Kevin Biggio and and I'm just not real sure why like like Kevin well, people Biggio, look at people look at Kevin Biggio in fairness to them they they look at him as part of that quote unquote group yeah, with Bo, Bo and Vladdy. They just I'm not, do. I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that you know Kevin Biggio is gonna gonna tell you whether he deserves playing time or not. Like it's, I I think they're putting the role right in front of him. You're gonna get some spot starts, and then you're gonna have a couple of days off, and then you're gonna have to come off the bench and go try and do whatever they tell you to do. If he can figure out a way to do that, then he'll play more. I if mean, he doesn't I'm, figure out a way to do that, then they're going to have to go a different route, I would think. I, I'm going to be honest with you. From what I've seen so far, I would rather have Rymel Tapia DHing if I need to have the uh, you know the whole lefty thing DHing. I'd rather have him DHing because he gives me something I'm not getting anyplace else in the team. Yeah, I think the the DH role is going to be a revolving door. It, you know, it's about the everyday guys. They want to get them off their feet. You know, ha- play a half a game, those kind of things. So it's it's a long term thing. You'd rather have them a half a day than for them to be missing time. But the Kevin Bishio, look, I'm a big fan of Kevin Bishio too. He's a great human. He's hard not to root for, and we're, and we're all rooting for him. But for me, sometimes it's up to the player. And if the player's going to dictate whether they're going to play or not, and for me, Kevin is one of those people. It's it's not an easy thing. I went through it where you're, you're trying to be an everyday player, but they're basically not letting you because there's somebody in front of you that's right now a little bit better than you are, and now you've got to earn your way. And that's not always the easiest thing because you're going to sit over there a couple of days and, you know, the league's tough. It's They're going to attack you with some, with some nasty stuff. But, again, it's sort of up to Kevin, I think. 416-870-0590, 1-888-666-0590-STAR-590. It's Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The pitch. There's a swing and a line drive into left field. Sinking quickly. Kip goes into a dive. He can't get it. That ball's down and all the way to the wall. Springer is in to score. Guerrero goes first to third on an RBI base hit from Lourdes Goriel Jr. That was Ben Wagner with the call, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. singling after Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was intentionally walked, driving in some insurance. The Blue Jays 4-1 winners over the Oakland Athletics in the first of three games at the Rogers Center. And now the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or the money line across many different sports. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario 
only. And as we take a look at the American League East standings, the Yankees and Orioles are currently deadlocked at 1-1 at last glance. In the 10th inning, the Blue Jays are 5-3. They are, at least temporarily, atop the American League East. The Yankees are 4-3, pending the outcome of that game against the Orioles. Tampa's 4-4, four four, Boston's 3-4, and, and uh, Baltimore right now is 1-5. Again, they are tied 1-1 at last glance in the 10th inning against the New York Yankees. 35,415 here at the Rogers Center tonight. A nice Friday night crowd for the first of three against the Oakland Athletics. The Jays 4-1 winners. Jordan Romano, 28 consecutive saves in a row. That is, of course, the longest current streak in the majors. Ross Stripling with a solid start in the first, I guess, the the initial stages of this the six-man rotation. Zach Collins, a big night offensively for the Blue Jays. And Vladdy Hoham just hit another 428-foot home run. <laughs> no big deal. Matt Norelia, you want to talk about Ross Stripling's performance? Yeah, hey, how's it going, guys? Um, just wanted to kind of get your opinion on Stripling only going four innings. I kind of was hoping to see maybe a little bit more. Um, I know it was only his first start of the year, and he was, uh, yeah, um, dealing tonight, I thought, and could have used a little bit more rest, I guess, for the guys in the bullpen, using a lot of the arms. I was sort of disappointed with that. And then I also just want to add, could someone please convince Vladdy to hit second so that we can get uh, a little bit more at-bats because he's currently – Missed out on five or six now, I think. Extra at best. And if he wants to win that triple crown, I think he's going to want to. There you go. Look, look at Matt. Matt, Matt's I love all over it. it. That's how too. you sell it, Vladdy. If you want to be the MVP this year, if you want to stick it to all those folks who voted for Shohei Otani, if you want to win the triple crown, We'll give you 20 more at-bats. Just move up into the number two spot. That, that's how they're that, selling it. Perfect, that's a perfect – that sells itself. That should that's sell how, itself. That's how they're selling it to Juan Soto in Washington. Hit second, you're going to win the MVP because you're going to get more bats. It's real simple. Uh, uh, look, I, I think with the raw stripling thing, he faced 14 batters. He threw 62 pitches. 22 uh, for, pitches in the first inning. He threw, yeah, he threw a lot me, of pitches in the first for inning. Me, for me, the 14 batter thing is more important than the 62 pitches. I, I know I know he, he was at a limit of about 70-ish you know, we might give him 75 pitches. But I think the 14 batters, you know, that, that second time through, you could tell he was laboring a little. The, the fastball command, he was he was having to give it a little bit more at the end. And I think Petey had started to notice that. And, you know, you, you want him leaving that mound with a good taste. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's exactly what they did. And everybody was rested. Like, R- Richards was raring and ready to go. Mesa was raring and ready to go. Simber was raring and ready to go. You had your big boys all raring and ready to go because you knew this was coming up. And... I just don't think, uh, yeah, that they wanted to push it. And they, they quite frankly, wanted to win the game. That's, that's the yeah. most important thing. And we, we've talked about this, and we're going to talk about it a lot. I don't expect anybody in the Blue Jays to come out and say this. But the idea is to win two of every three games. If you want to get to where you got to go, to where you want to go, you've got to at least do that. And we know that right now, starting pitchers throughout the game aren't built up. We can have an argument about whether, you know, whether we're overstating it, da-da-da. The, the, the accepted wisdom of the game right now is that because of the compressed spring training, starting pitchers aren't, aren't, uh, aren't, aren't 
you know, aren't aren't ready to as ready as they would normally be. So my point of view in this, Kevin, I don't know if your point of view is. I got Alec Manoa going Sunday. I'm winning that game. This is how I got to think. I'm yeah. winning that game. Tomorrow, yeah. Hyunjin Ryu, flip a coin, man. Light a candle, whatever, because it's Hyunjin <laughs> Ryu. Tonight, tonight's a game that decides whether or not I win the series, in my mind. Yeah. And I got a ready bullpen. I want to I, – I get – I mean – if you get that from Ross Stripling every start, if you're Charlie Montoyo, Pete Walker, you're you're more than happy. You go to your rested bullpen. I love the way they played it. I I, I really did. I yeah. didn't think there was any, you know, I didn't think there was. Frankly, it, it's exactly what I expected. This is it's how I expected this game to be managed. It's how I expected this game, this game to be pitched. And you know, again, we we haven't talked much about this guy, Kevin, but uh, Jimmy Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that 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 bridge to Jordan Romano, something we've always talked about, something they didn't have last year a lot of the time. Yeah, I think well, I think what they're telling you, Petey and and, uh, and Charlie will tell you, but by every time he comes in now, he's facing the meat of the order. One, two, three. They're basically telling you, telling you that he's their best guy right now. Like I know Jordan Romano and what he's doing and the velocity and all those things, but you need that guy that just mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to say takes the pressure off your closer, but sort of eases the the thought that when you come in you know i can attack and i'm not i'm not nibbling anymore and that's what you want jordan Romano to do so to, to have jimmy garcia who's been there and done it before been around long enough to know that you know okay i can pitch to a, a hitter's weakness I, he's got five different pitches he's got three different hitters you know he's got a little bit for everybody and for him to be able to come in and throw as many strikes as he does yeah i had my doubts about him i gotta be honest with you but seeing him live and in person and up close how can you not like that He's doing. He's he's he looks basically like Alec Manoa out of the bullpen. Mm. Here it is. See if you can hit it. Adam Simbert, one and two thirds innings. He got the win. He's already got three wins this year. And Adam Simbert, look, we've talked about him ad nauseum. The depth that Charlie and Pete have with this bullpen right now, I think, only enhances the value of Adam Simbert because you can be. They have a lot of confidence in him. And I would argue that last year, other than Jordan Romano, he was the reliever they had the most confidence in. Because you know what you're going to get from him for the most part. You know he's, he's, he's a master of mitigating against damage. He's a damage control expert. And because of the depth of this bullpen now, you can, you can use him. You can pick your spots and get a little more length out of him. As well, this is a guy that will give you multiple relief innings, or, or you know, four or five outs. I guess that probably better way to put it than multiple multiple relief innings. Yeah. And now they can use him even more because they've got Garcia, because they have Tim Mesa. I I I mean, I just think this this bullpen sets up really really nicely right yeah with with Simber I gotta be honest with you the first time I saw him pitch I was thinking to myself man that'd be he would be really tough on righties but he'd be good hitting against lefties I gotta be honest with you every time I see him facing a lefty I don't think that anymore it's just like tonight with a runner on third base and less than two outs uh, Voight comes up and he punches him out on the fastball away it's it's you sort of have confidence that maybe you know if he if he can get ahead and maybe backdoor a slider and then elevate the fastball up and in, he can get a punch out when he needs it. And I'm with you, right? It's Charlie's got his guys over there. Charlie's got it 
mapped out. And you can see, I would love to be a fly on the wall about the sixth inning in that dugout. Can you, when they pan the camera over there, you can see Charlie rubbing his head, taking his hat off. You can see Petey walking around, looking at all these sheets of paper. I'd love to be a fly on the wall just to hear what they're talking about. Lots of Zach Collins love out there tonight, obviously. Joseph in Mississauga, you want to get in on the love fest. I do. I was looking through uh, the Wikipedia page of the list of Major League Baseball no-hitters after uh, we heard that uh, Kluber, not Kluber, my apologies, uh, Kershaw got pulled the other day. And uh, you you go up 10 rows from the bottom or so, and uh, Zach Collins is right there. He caught Carlos Rodon last year. And, um, you know, I'd love to see the guy get some more uh, opportunities. He doesn't uh, have the highest uh, average overall in his career, but, uh, you know, uh, they seem to have that – that strike zone system down uh, with the hitting coaches. And uh, I don't know if it's just me, but that seemed to be the third day in a row that Vladdy uh, ended the game on deck. So, uh, you know. <laughs> people, we got people. I'll tell you, man, I'll, I, there is a guy, there is a guy, Adam Turlini, who, who's, who, who follows me in social media every night that Vladdy finishes the game. And he, he sent, he DMs me Vladdy on deck again. Vladdy, he's convinced that if, if Vladdy, if Vladdy had been hitting second, he would have had four home runs the other night instead of in, instead of three. Yeah, so I don't know. We got people talking about that. Yeah, it's entirely possible. But uh, you know, Bo's in a little bit of a cold spot. I don't know if you want to just keep running him out there and hope in the hope that he gets hot. But uh, you know, listen, I would, I would. Well, I mean, I think we're kind of banging our head against the wall here because it's not going to happen unless Vladdy wants it to happen. But I've been very clear. I'd rather I'd, – I'd like to have Bo, Bo hitting cleanup. That's that's just me. I'd like to hit Bo hitting – I'd like to see Bo hitting that's, that's cleanup. What I ev- think you free that's him up the, a little bit. Yeah, but that's with everybody healthy, right? Everybody's a go when you you can make out your lineup any way you oh, want yes, to. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you would yeah, like to have sure. Bo. I, I would too. I just think Bo with two strikes – it, it it screams cleanup hitter, especially in 2022, the way they, you know, set up lineups and the way pitching is, That's and how fair. the how the how the managers use pitching against the top of the order to have a guy that can hit with two strikes the way Bo does when he's hot. You know, right now he's that inside out swings trying to find the feel of that. But you look, it's like having your favorite golf club and somebody takes it and borrows it and goes up and swings with it, and. You know, when you're hitting in one spot and you've hit five homers in eight games, it's going to be real tough to walk up to that guy and go, hey, by the way, you think you can move up up a spot? (laughs) Again, though, I'm telling you, man, you do that, you might have a better shot at getting the MVP award. You just might. You just might. By the way, I don't know if, uh, if any of you saw what Joe Madden did tonight. Walked Corey Seager with the bases loaded, gave him an intentional walk. There is a great shot of Mike Trout standing in the outfield. And you know the old saying about if looks could kill? If looks could kill, Mike Trout would be doing life right now. <laughs> because he was not he was not happy. Huh. Intentional walk with the bases loaded. The full Barry Bonds treatment yeah. given to Corey Seager. Anyhow, that's nothing to do with the Blue Jays, of course, but uh, it is something that folks will be talking about tomorrow jeff in london you think you've solved well i don't even know the biggio espinal it's not a mystery anymore is it like uh, santiago espinal is the second baseman I, I don't know guys you know it seems like it is because you know last year when we when i first got a look at sb i was really impressed with his athleticism i felt like he was always giving us good at uh, at bats plate appearances and he was solid defensively but 
even this year, you know, in that first game against Texas, they started Biggio. You know, he had some defensive faux pas in that game. They brought Espy in at the end of that game, and he ended up being instrumental. And then the very next game, Montoya comes back and starts Cavan again. I think Montoya's run out of reasons to start Cavan, to be honest. But my friend in Hamilton thought we should be putting Biggio in at DH to lift his stock for trade. But in a season when we're trying to push for the ultimate trophy in sport, this is not the time to experiment with Cavan at DH to try and drive his value. And honestly, you know, you mentioned that Cavan's probably a wonderful human being, but defensively he's a liability. At the plate, he doesn't give us much. And every time Espinal's in there, he's money defensively and always seems to give us a good at-plate appearance, even if it's just running up the pitch count. Um but anyways, just very pleased. I think he's an unsung kind of hero of this team right now. I mean, there's a lot of bright stars on this team. But every night, night in and night out, SB's getting it done. And it's just so fun to watch him. Every Toronto team has a guy who isn't a superstar that the fans automatically love. Yeah. The fans take to. This year's version is Santiago Espinal. And sure. I'm not saying that to denigrate him. I, I am not saying that because what he's done, he deserves it. Uh, you know, the whole thing about playing up Kevin Biggio's trade value, I think we know what Kevin Biggio is. I, I don't – Kevin, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he's going to have a late career renaissance and turn into something else. But I, I think we know what he is. I, I, yeah, I know baseball people always think they can reinvent the wheel. Normally those are pitching coaches. But they always think they can reinvent the wheel. Maybe there's somebody out there who sees – something that they can unlock but but man again this isn't one year this isn't a a very limited sample size i i I know if i were on this team on this roster as a player and i was not one of the big names and we we all know who the big names are if i was a role player and we know who the role players are i i know now with where this team's at and where they want to go that it's put up or shut up time like there's no excuses anymore that you know he's got a bent upper half he's got an uppercut in his swing he's not a great defender like yeah, well, it's then about, fix it it's and about, i'm going to say he's not I, I, he's not a horrible he's not a defensive liability we saw the play he made at first base yeah, tonight he's not is, a defensive yeah. liability but He's right now. I mean, they I have a better I, option. He's not an everyday player on a really good team. That's that's all I can say. And it doesn't. It's not a bad thing. There are a lot of players in Major League Baseball who aren't very who can't be everyday players in very good teams, but still have long careers. I mean, it's it's just a fact. Yeah, it's we have no fact. we have no idea what other organizations think about Kevin Bishop. They could think t- something totally different. They may be in love with him. They may not like him. You know, you you could ask the other organizations. They'd all may have a different answer. I just, on this team with what you've seen, if you're a player and you're not one of the big-time guys who's getting paid all the money, you know it's put up or shut up time or they're going to go out and find somebody else. It's just the way it is when, when you're expected to win like the Jays are. 4-1, the Jays beat the Oakland Athletics, the first of a three-game series. Tomorrow, 3:07 first pitch back here at the Rogers Center. Hyunjin Ryu on the mound for the Jays. Paul Blackburn on the mound for the Oakland Athletics. Let's wind this up by going all the way to Newfoundland. Gary, you want to talk about Alejandro Kirk? Oh, yeah. You know that the inning where he was brought in, there was a run on first and second, nobody out. 
And I'm looking at a different way. And Chappie, he's supposed to have speed. I thought the perfect time to bunt and maybe push the runners over. Uh, maybe <laughs> he bunts his way on. The base is loaded. Nobody out. And I'm I would have l- done that instead of having Kirk there trying to slug them in. And all of a sudden, there's two out. Yeah, Barker, I'll let you. Well, handle I, it. I mean, I, I mean, that's 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 a great way to look at. It. I I got to be honest with you. This is the first time this year that I was thinking the same thing. I don't want to say that too <laughs> loud, but I was thinking the same thing. Leave it. Leave. I don't care if it's a lefty on lefty. Leave him in there. Let him try and and bunt for a base hit. He's good at that. He's a good bunter. He's got speed. You know, at the, at the very least, it would be second and third now. And you, if you mm-hmm. wanted to, if you wanted to two batters later, you could pinch hit Kirk for Collins if you wanted to do that. Now I know Collins. Go. I know Collins bailed him out and got the big hit right. with two outs. But if you but really that would had have to... been a defensible move. If, if Charlie had done that, that would have been a defensible move. Sure, sure would. And it's again, it's you know they had the lead there. You sort of want to you want to put the game out of reach, I guess. And I got to be honest with you, I'm exactly the way the caller was thinking. I was raising my hand, going, "Leave him in there. Let him try and bunt second and third. And if you want to pinch hit for somebody, pinch hit for Collins." But yeah, what I know. Do I know? I, I, there's also, I mean, there's a ton of social media love out there for Randall Gritchick, and and I, I got to tell you, I, again, I watch uh, I watch Rymel Tapia tonight, and I watch him score from first base. I I just can't I can't say this enough to people. He gives you, I think, a difference making weapon that Randall Gritchick doesn't give you. I got Randall Gritchick coming out of the yin yang in this team. I don't have a lot of Rymel Tapias. I love what he brings to this team. And I, I've got, listen, I, I, have no, I have no expectations as far as statistics are concerned for him. But I want plays like that. That's why I want that guy in this team. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 easy for me. They, they saved a little bit of money. Uh, they got a left-handed bat in here with some athleticism who can play left field, play a little bit, little bit of center field if you need him in there. Whatever happens to George Springer if you want to give him a day off. Yeah, I was a fan of Gritchick's too, but I didn't like the 280 on base percentage. That, no. that for me, I, th- I think, is what they're trying to, to eliminate at the bottom of the order. They know what they have at the top of the order. At the bottom of the order, for me, it's not about hitting homers. It's about getting on base. And if you can get guys with a 320 on base percentage, that's going to, you know, he's not going to hit 20 homers, but he'll hit 6 to 8 to 10, but get on at a clip of somewhere around 320, I'd take that with some speed. I'm with you. You know, it's 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 the first to third. It's the first to homes that I like. And, and you know, I go, hey, we forgot to give Louis Rivera credit for sending him. Yes. That's a, that's a very tough call for a third-base coach in that corner because it's, it's a timing play. If you notice when the camera showed, the, the left fielder wasn't even in the picture yet. And, and Louis was still sending him like that. So it was – Sometimes you know, sometimes we're very hard on, on third base coaches because they are they're basically graded when they mess up. And when they yeah. do something good we, we rarely talk about it. So Louie had a really good night too. But yeah, this again, this team's not perfect. But they're getting there. Like they're you know, once they're healthy and everybody's all lined up and raring and ready to go, they're right there with the top teams in the American League. Yeah, they just you know hold the fort until until Teoscar comes back, until the starting pitchers are built up. And then, then let's see where we go. Let's see where we go from there. What do you expect from Ryu tomorrow? Uh, that's a great question. I, uh, I, I want, I want to say command in. That's the four seamer. That's the cutter. I just don't know if he has it in, has it in him. 
So, so I, I, that's why I just don't know what to expect. Like you, you, you know, can he, can he go away and get people out consistently do that? He just doesn't throw hard enough to do that. Like you, that's why he has to work both sides of the plate. That's why he has to stand the right-handed hitter up, but it has to be for strikes in there. And just, he just hasn't shown us lately the end of last year and his first start here that he can consistently hit the black. He can throw the cutter, you know, start it where he wants to start it, have it go where he wants it to end up and be consistent in there with it. So, you know, I, the, the pitching backwards and the, and the, and the, the way he's trying to do it now. Yeah. I, I hate to say it this way, but it screams like four and a third. Yep. Yeah. Can't argue. Can't argue with that. 4-1, the Blue Jays have won the first of three games against the Oakland Athletics in front of 35,415 at the Rogers Center. Game two tomorrow, a 3:07 first pitch, 137 on Sunday. Then the Jays are on the road to Boston and Houston. I want to thank all the callers. I want to thank Kevin Barker, as always, Tom Young here, and uh, Andrew Holland and Shoali back at the mothership at One Mount Pleasant. So... For all of us here at Blue Jays Talk, have a great night, have a great weekend, we'll talk again Sunday.